Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. My name is Raul Vega, the showrunner and producer for the upcoming serialized audio drama podcast, Rose Drive. All social media at Rose Drive. And I got to work on the score for Man of Steel, so that's why these guys were cool enough to let me be on the show. Thanks again for having me, guys. Yeah, and thank you for wrapping up the week with us. This the has been uh, all these minutes have been just just on point, you know. Yeah, just really good minutes. Uh, you know what they say: <laughs> a good minute is its own reward. Oh, Mark! There you go. <laughs> uh, Did you? How long have you been trying to say that? I think I thought of it like two minutes ago. No, yeah, I don't believe that. No, no, I don't like no, that. like two sessions. So Wednesday, two. I was like. I was like, uh, no, what? Oh, no, tell me your thought process. It was the General Zod one, the, the speech. I was like, oh, what a good minute, good minute. Some more. Here you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it took me four days to think of it. So, yeah. Uh, General Zod. Uh, so the minute starts with him saying, uh, "Either you, oh yes, yeah, minute one hundred twenty-five. Just let you know. Uh, the minute starts with General Zod saying, "Either you die or I do," uh, and then the minute ends with General Zod. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know how to explain it. I wrote, uh, "This is his final form." Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, yeah, he, and I have some thoughts about it, but we'll get there. Um, General Zod, you know, he he says the line, "Either you die or I do." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the cow, it registers the cow at that moment. Does it? I think so. I think Look he's. I think he doesn't want to believe it. He doesn't want to be like, no, there's an, there's got to be another way. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Are we all... Do we all think that? Does everyone in the audience be like, oh, he's going to die, or he has to kill him? I don't even... I don't know. (laughs) I thought he was like, nah, that's not going to happen. I got to find a way to stop you. It's still just such a young Superman where, like, you would like to think that he's... That he can... That that he can do that. That he can stop him without killing him. Yeah. Right. But the fear is definitely setting in at this moment. Yeah. Right. So... General Zod decides to start, he starts charging up the building. He just starts, like, not flying. He just starts literally, char- like, uh, I don't know, just climbing up the building. Gorilla charge. Yeah, no, exactly. totally. I was about to say, it goes uh, right back to all the gorilla stuff we were talking about. Like, I just, this, I remember watching it the first time and being like, this is just like this giant gorilla that's just, mm-hmm. you know. The only thing he didn't yeah. do was like beat his chest first before he started charging up the wall like that. Yeah, but it's all. Fist, <laughs> I would have been okay with that. Yeah, I would have been down with that. <laughs> if he did that, I would have been like, "That's uh, he's extremely terrifying." <laughs> when he was uh, transmitting the message to all over the world, and he was looking at everything, do you think he saw like some Nat Geo gorilla documentary? He was like, "I like those guys." <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't got gorillas on Krypton. <laughs> they got. They had Rondor beasts. Yeah, and, and Namek was kind of similar. Yeah, I don't know. But Namek didn't do charge, fist charges on the ground or anything like that. He's just and like maybe I wonder if that's how he has to move in the armor. Oh, could be. With the super abilities, like he has to because it's because it he was restricts movement. Yeah, and like he was kind of doing that similar charge uh, at the beginning of the week when when the two of them were were coming to each other in a you know in the in the crater. So maybe mm-hmm. like he, that's that's how he has to move. 
Yeah. Could I'm be. digging it either way. I'm not, you know. Oh, yeah. It. And it's awesome. And it's cool that, so, like, he shot, like, this is him. So, what they did is, like, in a studio and in, like, a green green screen room, uh, they have him doing that motion going horizontally from one side of the room to the other. Mm-hmm. And then they turn it vertically and, yeah, and like some... like makes him look like he's scaling a building, but he's really just doing that from left to right. And I thought that was really cool. I, I love that they did that. And it's not just a CGI general Zod, you know, it's actually Michael Shannon with like the motion capture suit, like doing those motions. So yeah, it is not only in delivery of lines, but like just, just the overall performance by Michael Shannon is just always impressive. And so what we get is Kal-El then flies towards Zod. It's another, uh, is it a callback to the collision that they just had? Because it's the same shockwave and everything. It's like another moment. It's it. You, I guess you could say it's a very novice thing for Superman to do to allow that to happen twice. Like the shockwave. So, yeah, like the the, <clears throat> the colliding shockwave between two charging Kryptonians. Like you know the impact that has. Um, but then you're doing it again, but this time on the side of a building. It's like yeah. you know what that's gonna do, and I think it's safe to say that because of everyone who's kind of like in shock and standing and watching this, there's gotta be people in those windows watching this happen. And then boom, you know, like it's casualties. There's gotta be. Yeah. It happens, man. <laughs> it does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> not um, on my watch. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I don't know. I don't see where General Zod goes though from this to the construction site. Do you guys? He Cal yeah, Cal punches him to the construction site. Oh, does he? Yeah, cuz you see Zod go up first and then Cal follows him. Like you see a on the on the construction building there's like a like a dust cloud that comes up cuz he gets thrown through it. And huh. then you see Cal follow him. I saw I guess I was focusing too much on Cal cuz I saw Cal he's falling a little bit from the collision. But then, like, he gets, like, his bearings straight, and then he flies towards construction site. And I, I was uh, distracted by that because I really enjoyed seeing that, like, seeing Kal-El kind of like, oh, I'm like, I'm like. Uh, oh, when of... he first lands on the construction site? No, no. Oh. When, as he's, so, like, there's this big shockwave on that side of the building. Yeah. And you see Kal-El's body kind of, like, disoriented and, like, he's upside down a little bit. Oh, and he, yeah. And then he gets up straight, and then he, as he's falling in midair, then he, like, flies up towards mm-hmm. the construction site. And I, and I enjoyed that seeing that kind of character kind of like, oh, um, let me get my bearings straight and then like zoom off into the construction site. So I enjoyed that. Um, but then, yeah, so then he he gets on the construction site and he starts looking around for General Zod. So he flies, does he, he like, it almost looked like the floor like kind of ends right there, but he still like kind of clipped the side of it. I don't know if he was coming up through the floor or if he was just like on the edge and he just like, you know, shot a little too short. Go back, like he. I mean, I'm not saying like go back, but like he, um, he clips like the side of, of of it as he's as he's flying into it, and I couldn't tell if it was going through the ground or not. Oh, so I see. If it's through the ground, that's great. I love it when when you know when Superman flies through things, destroys them. Oh, I think I get what you're trying to say. You're saying like you're not sure right if, he, that. He, if he. All right, so yeah, see like. Yeah, he f- breaks through it. But like, doesn't it just like end right there? Like, couldn't, probably... he, couldn't he just like come over the? like the bars like i guess so right hmm. but then again you're superman you can fly through things you fly through things 
Yeah, right? Or don't, because then you're breaking stuff. True. Agree, agree <laughs> disagree. So now General Zod comes swinging in uh, with a giant girder that Kal-El kind of reacts to. Mm-hmm. Uses his heat vision to like cut it in half before it can hit oh, him. Oh, we missed something. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to No, you're good. interrupt you or anything. I knew we were missing we something. Oh, bring up the minute again. I'm sorry. I feel like... Oh, my God, Nate. I'm sorry. Like, this is this is when they're flying towards each other on the building. Yeah, when they're flying down towards each other, we get the, the, the Blaze Comics Easter egg. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, it's right. It's it's at this minute. It's... um. Oh, yeah, it was already it down there. It says they're flying towards each other. The the Blaze Comics shows up. Uh, bop, 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 bop. One second. One Ready? second. Get on that thing. Right there. There it is. <laughs> so, like, 14 seconds, 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Blaze oh, Comics. Wow. What is that? Wow. Good find. Uh, make... Yeah. Good what, Easter egg. What is it? I don't oh, know what that our is. Our good friend uh, Booster Gold likes to to read some Blaze comics in his world, and um, what made him want to come back to the 21st century and be a futuristic hero. So interesting. Could be a call to to that kind of thing, but you know, maybe one day he'll be in that universe. Who? who what was? Who? And the, there's there's like some sort of internet fan cast going on with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Yeah, uh, Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. I'm all for it. Is the fan cast that everyone wants for that film? It's the it's what is it? Nathan Fillion said, "I would only do it if Alan was Blue Beetle." Is what he yeah. said. That was years ago, so probably won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, General Zod comes swinging at Kala with this giant girder, and Kala reacts by using his heat vision to mm-hmm. stop it from hitting him. So. Yeah, There's, they made a statue out of this. Did, did have you ever seen it? Yeah, you said it was awful. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's but like the fact that they made that particular move into a statue. Like, if that's then the, what's the cutoff point of like what I want to I want a karate neck chop as a statue. You know, Zod karate chop and cow. Like, whoa, where do we go? Why can't we have more? This is a cool this is statue worthy. I think I don't know. Could be. Um, well, then we got before, what did we get? Um, him in the safe is another statue. Yeah. Well, that's like, like the first commercial, yeah. like release shot of like, Hey, we're making this movie. Here's him with a, a bank vault that's broken. So then is it, was, I wonder if it was the same guy that was like, you know, what was really cool when he tried to hit him with that girder. Let's make that into a statue. When I, when I saw this film for the first time, I, uh, I saw General Zod swinging this girder and like thinking right away, I was like, oh, why don't, why doesn't Kalo just use his heat vision to cut it? Really? So yeah, I, I literally was like, oh, and then he does, but I did not expect the, the girder to come swinging back yeah. to yeah. hit him. Uh, and I, that, I think that's a great kind of expectation versus reality moment where it's like, they're probably like, yeah, most people are going to think that. Callow would just use the heat vision to I cut wouldn't. it. I wouldn't. That was new. Like, <laughs> even to this day as I'm watching this movie, like that's still, it's it's one of the most surprising moves to do in, in a fist fight that I would ever think about. I, I, if, I would never think about that. To, Why to would you, you ever think about that? You can't if even I do was, that. Okay. It's, God. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit me where it hurts. If I was in Cal's shoes, boots, if boots, you will, yeah. um, and, you know, was doing this and the girder came flying at me. I wouldn't think to use my heat vision. I don't know. That's just me. I've always seen just it grab as... grab with your hands? Yeah, just, like, block it. Well, I just... Mm. I, I think it's interesting that, like, you see him... Which, first of all, we see the clear difference between his heat vision versus versus General Zod's earlier, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely... 
and especially even when he ends, when he closes his eyes, there's a maturity that he still needs to reach to that I think I think it's still a little little rough but you know he chooses to stop there because i i think i think because otherwise if he keeps his eyes open he's gonna blast zod which he clearly the intent of using this for the girder was not to destroy zod but to rather like protect himself from having the girder like attacking him and so he quickly shuts down when he realizes that he's safe although little does he know he's not safe <laughs> which yeah I, again i think it's just another uh, thing of like maybe another turmoil thing of him trying to figure out like you know because he could have just kept that heat vision going and could have just like obliterated yeah. Zod, but he's like wait like I a have scott to stop. summers kind of deal yeah yeah i mean you could just do it from the beginning of the fight and this fight wouldn't even happen you could just kill zod you can yeah i don't know you could lobotomize him with it you could do anything like you you could do it like mid-speech, like in minute 122. Like you could have just done it there. Like you could, you know, Superman could could defeat almost any enemy three steps earlier, but chooses not to. Um, but yeah, I I remember in the theater being like, oh yeah, just use heat vision, and he does, and I was like, oh wow, I did it, and then he and I then, up and applauded, <laughs> and then General Zod swings the rest of it at him, just clobbers him, and sends him back into um against a wall that has uh a i don't even know what those things are called but it's like a it's like a safety marker yeah how many days without accident? workers comp board of, oh right uh, hey 106 days since the last injury and then it, it then it turns into zero because <laughs> yeah that was a little funny. lame <laughs> i get why it was there like, but yeah 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 it's it's it is what it is. It's, yeah. it's good good comedy, slapstick, yeah. Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers. Which yeah, you, you, you yeah, you gotta have some of that in there, right? So like, yeah, I can't be mad at it. I was just like, oh, of course. <laughs> no, I wonder if they were thinking, uh, especially because because um, because Nolan worked on this as well. I always thought this, especially because it's like the construction thing. This kind of paralleled from the Dark Knight, where you know mm. the end when the Joker mm-hmm. and Batman have the fight. I feel like that could have been a missed opportunity as well, where they could have had like that sign, how many days since accident. And like, uh, maybe possibly. someone was a little peeved where it was like, you didn't add it into that building. We have to add it into this one. <laughs> True. Maybe, maybe it is. Hey, you, you didn't notice. Know. I think Batman fights his villains in warehouses in all three of them. Do, does he not? Are we talking just Scarecrow, the Dark Knight series? Joker. He fights Bane in a sewer. So it doesn't really count. Anyways. <laughs> um talking just warehouses? Yeah, I was just talking warehouses. You know, this isn't even a warehouse. This is a construction site. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um So after that uh little humorous moment, uh General Zod comes in uh and he says, I was bred to be a warrior, um and to train and to to hone my abilities and he's like, Where did you train? On a farm? Uh, and then we get this amazing little sound design for him kind of, I don't know what he's doing, um, controlling the atmosphere around him. I don't know. Is this how they, is this how they take their armor off mid battle? Because no. they don't have superpowers. <laughs> Why would they know how to do that? What do you mean? You have to get the armor off somehow. And if you don't have superpowers, is that what the sound off? is? Like unlocking all the pieces of armor? Yeah. Maybe it's like. Maybe he has like a like a certain 
like passcode that he has to like move <laughs> his body in weird ways that like you wouldn't normally move your body in on an everyday basis. So like, I wish you guys could see him now. The armor, yeah. <laughs> you know, like with, with the with Batman's piano, like he plays like the three keys that are like never. What is it? They'll never exist in any song ever or something like that. Any harmony or whatever. That's how like the cave to the bat door opens. Mm-hmm. Is this registering to any of you guys? No, yeah, is, I, I can on. see. I just don't. I just don't think it correlates because it's like. <laughs> it's, I, I just don't think that's a smart thing to say, Nate. <laughs> no, it's no. You're fine. It just was like. So, in my opinion, I, I, the sound design was like him harnessing the gravity around him. He's got control of it, and then he just with super strength, he just rips the armor apart. Right? He just like. Right. I I I don't know. These are all good things. I don't. What do you think, Ralph? Well, Mike, I have a question. Is is the reason he rips his armor off, is it so that he can, quote-unquote, level the playing field for Cal? Or is this does this actually allow him to have more opportunity to be more free and, you know, like, fluid and more acrobatic? Yeah. And that's kind of the point of it? Okay. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's what it's kind of hinting towards. Where, like, I don't know. Maybe you can't fly in that armor mm-hmm. we didn't see namek nor feora fly mm. we only saw them leap i don't and like this is like i mean maybe he was again like he could only move like that gorilla-esque so mm-hmm. maybe this is how he he was so restricted in the armor that now he he's he's able to move more fluidly like how Ralph said i um, i think someone mentioned that like so like the helmet that they wore mm-hmm. suppressed some of their super abilities mm-hmm. yeah so maybe the suit as well suppresses the super abilities as well and so by taking the armor off you're getting more yellow sun radiation oh you're yeah getting for more sure. uh influence from the atmosphere of earth yeah so it's like by ripping the armor off now he's i think he, this whole fight up until now has been uh with how do you say like kal-el has the handicap or yeah like he's he's being he has the edge no he has like how do you say like general zod is 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 playing with a chip on his shoulder up until now yeah so now they has the advantage yeah cal else had the event even though he's been losing the whole fight he's Mm -hmm. he's had the advantage because he's so like free yeah and And he's got the cape which helps him flying and stuff like that it's like so now it's coming off like general zod's armor is coming off Mm -hmm. and so now you know, if Cal wasn't winning the battle at first, he's definitely going to not be winning the battle at all. Yeah. So, so there's, there's one thing here. Cause you mentioned about the sound design, if I may. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so as means. far as the music goes, this, this is, this is one of those moments where, I mean, it's unbelievable how crucial proper scoring is to a film's pacing. Right. I mean, there's plenty of moments throughout mm-hmm. this whole fight where there's just a lot, again, like we were talking those really barbaric drums and a lot of fast action hit points. And there's moments during these bursts of insanity where they have, you know, short little exchanges between each other and then they go right back into it in short little exchanges. And instead of having the music stop every moment and then, you know, pick back up, it, it you know, it kind of pulls back a little bit. But this is that moment throughout the past the whole week of everything we've been watching where you actually get that moment where you kind of have, it escalates to the next level without having the music be super like this whole scene. 
Um, this, mm-hmm. and, and if you guys want, everybody's listening. The, the cue that we're referencing now is if you love these people. So look at that track on the soundtrack and it starts right here. Um, and that's when we get a little bit of a change in, in kind of the musical language that you're hearing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it really starts to kind of like, it's less of a reset and more of a trans transition area into like it. It guides us into knowing that, like, okay, this match is nowhere near done. We've reached this point where, you know, now these guys are kind of matched as far as, you know, their ability to move around and really kind of kind of wail on each other even more than we've already seen. But the, I, I just found it really cool that the, the music definitely prepares you for that during it. You know, like, you just feel like something bigger is about to come, and you're like, how the hell... Can it get bigger than what we just saw? And, yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, we're about to be transitioning into a whole another level of fighting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Mike said it before. It's his final form. Like, this is, man, how do you not reference Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> surreal. I've been saying that this movie is the Saiyan saga in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so General Zod does... Uh, quote unquote enter his final form like this is it you know like the armor comes off mm-hmm. uh, I don't know Perfect Zod. I, I like uh, yeah but I, I, I like the exosuit General Zod more than Under Armour General Zod really just putting it out there just, I think this is supposed to the, the Under Armour and the skin tight suit with the no cape is supposed to somewhat uh, mimic um the previous Zod incarnation. Um, yeah. It's it's like that slick kind of uh, style to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like people wanted to see mm-hmm. the the villain have the same kind of suit as Superman and, and be like the opposite of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just, I guess, and I guess you kind of have to do it to kind of explain that they all have what Superman's wearing so that he doesn't seem so ridiculous in just like yeah, what he's course. wearing. Yeah, um, cause then people, I guess people would then ask, well, why doesn't Superman just have armor Super like General armor. Zod? Yeah. Which yeah, that's very true. I wonder what that would look like. I wonder why that's not an action I figure. I think there was, there was something I saw on the internet where someone actually like drew it themselves and I feel or maybe it was animated. I don't Damn, know. I, I really want to see seen that it now. recently. I'll have to, there I'll have was to like, find it. like an action figure of Kal-El, but with General Zod's armor, but then it was painted like blue and red. You should get like one of them. Not you should get, but like yeah, you get, should get like, like those custom because they had a uh, they had a a, a, a Jor El armor that was a really good one. I can't remember who made it. Maybe it was Hot Toys, the Kotobukaya. I don't remember, but they had a a, a Jor El one. And if like you just get like a custom cow head, yeah, you just put that cow head on there and paint it. And we're talking about toys. We can't do that. <laughs> we can do that. I like the toys. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I do like the look of of Zod when he's flying upward. Like it's very like the skin tight suit. He is a is, god now. It's, yeah, it's like his feet are pointed. Like he's just, it's almost that. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know how to how to explain it. But you know what I mean. It's like he's just like he looks like he should be floating above everybody else. Yeah. Well, I, I say it's a very godlike. But yeah. Um, Ra, what do you think of Final Form General Zod? No, I. I I'm I'm focusing on Cal's face at this point. I mean, he he almost looks terrified at this moment when he see you see his eyes rise up with with uh, 
you know, beast mode final form. <laughs> Sephiroth Zod. <laughs> that's like flying Ooh, in the air. That's a good one. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, exactly what we were saying before. It goes right back to that whole God like form of him. Uh, it, I mean, it's it almost kind of, if you're thinking back to earlier um, when we were looking at, one, at the 121, we were talking very much about how Cal had that advantage when he was you know, floating over to to this defeated Zod who's just, you know, on his knees and now it's reversed. It's completely yeah. reversed. You That's... see you see Cal right. who's on his knees and he's now he's looking up to him and you know, it it clearly shows a uh, shift in dynamic, right? Um Yeah, that's crazy. No, it's a, didn't even notice that. That's like yeah. from the from the first minute of this week to the very last, it it really turns the tables. Completely, completely turns, turns the yeah. tables. Yeah, how the turns, how the how the turntables. Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> how, the, how the tables are turned. That doesn't even is, make sense. That it, that doesn't even make sense. I th- I'm pretty sure that was an office reference. Yeah, it no, was I, an know, office reference. I know. I know that's I'm talking about the original, like the actual phrase. Like I was like, that doesn't even make sense. How the, the tables, tables have turned. turned. What does that even mean? Who's turning tables? The Google. You know how you know, much like... of a hassle it is to turn a table? <laughs> That's why you get lazy Susans, man. That's why those were invented. Yeah. Is that what that is? Is that what they call them? I know that they're called they're, they're called lazy Susans in the South. Uh-oh. Here in the South, y'all call them lazy Susans. <laughs> I think um, we should do our research before uh, seeing that. Sounds like there's got to be something behind it that may not be so... <laughs> <laughs> friendly. Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. We'll have to cut that out. Uh, cool. Uh, Rao, uh, can you tell us about the first time you saw Man of Steel? Mm. Can I? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Me. actually. The first time the first time I saw this movie, uh, I was... So I think we had wrapped doing the music for it in uh february or maybe march of 2013 so a a few months before it came out and uh there was actually a cast and crew screening that um that they held at warner brothers and they had like a whole like you know like meet and greet with some of the cast uh members um uh henry was there so i got to meet him really really nice guy um and like a few of the other cast members were there and, you know, drinks and all hors d'oeuvres. And Zach came out and introduced the film and was telling us about, you know, like how long he'd been on it. And so the, the first time I got to see it was pretty cool because it was with everybody who had created it, you know. Mm. Um, and it was just such a cool moment because as I was, I, I don't know if, if we said this earlier this week, but this was the first project I've ever worked on um, beyond like student films and stuff. And, and, you know, I starting off as an intern at the studio during Dark Knight Rises and then immediately turning around and like a month later being hired on to work in sampling for Hans for Man of Steel um, was just insane. It was really, really cool. So so for me, because this was like a year in the works, being able to go to that screening was pretty, uh, pretty personal and exciting to like kind of see or hear your instruments and your sounds come to life in a theater. Um, so, yeah, seeing the whole story from the beginning to the end was just, I mean, 
it was so different from anything else. And because, of course, obviously, like, I guess it was Superman Returns was the last one. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm, I don't know if you, you, I'm sure you guys have your, all your, com- your uh, own opinions about that. I know, I know I definitely did. And <laughs> one of my, one of my best friends from high school who was just the biggest diehard Superman fan, we went to see it with him and he just walked out just like, didn't say one word. He was very yeah. unhappy <laughs> with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, did you see Man of Steel with him? No, I did not. I did not. It was, it was definitely several years later, and he was he's still back up uh, in the Bay Area. But I definitely think he enjoyed it. Um, but no, I mean, I just I thought overall that this the story was just very compelling, and and being able to experience it again with dare I say my colleagues and definitely above and like with the people who actually you know birthed this thing and like just seeing the massive amount of talent and it's it's cool when you're watching the credits and just constantly people are applauding for like their friends and people who are there I'm like yeah we're all just people just trying to like make a living but it's it's cool man it's it's a very very cool experience to be to be a part of it so that that was my first time of actually watching it, and and it was, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Yeah, that's Damn, awesome. That's crazy. And then you get, I mean, like people like us who just like can't stop talking about how awesome of a movie that something that you worked on, and it's like you have this effect on other people. Where it's that's got to be a, a crazy feeling too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's cool. It's it, it's cool to know that you know, the, the efforts that we put in, I mean, there's, and this guy clearly goes beyond me. I mean, there's, we have a whole team at the studio that makes this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just, that's just the score part. You know, I can't even imagine what all the other departments are like, but I mean, be, being able to be a part of it and being proud of the work and actually feeling like you were, you know, a part of it other than just, mm-hmm. you know, being like, Oh yeah, I, you know, I gave so-and-so a sandwich one day give me a yeah. you know what i mean like to actually <laughs> yeah. kind of help w- with with various aspects of it um especially something so crucial as sound you know uh yeah it's, it's important. just it is it's very very important you know like there there are times pe- people will still forgive a crappy video if the if the video quality is not the best but if the sound is garbage they'll turn that off in an instant so you know um yeah it was it hmm. was really really cool to to be a part of it and definitely to watch to watch it especially with that with that crowd damn i can only imagine what that would be like mm-hmm. like I, I don't i just i'm just trying to think of what that would be like it's intense um <laughs> what are your opinions about the the other ones that come down so what is it down justice suicide squad wonder woman and uh look justice league i guess coming up yeah yeah um Let's see. I've seen. Well, obviously, just I think Justice League. That's the only one I haven't seen because it's not out yet. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed Batman v Superman. I really did. I maybe I'm being really biased, <laughs> but um, you're amongst I, friends. Okay, good. No, man, I had fun with it. I thought it, I really really enjoyed it. Um, and I, yeah. I, I I felt like I felt like the criticisms were a little bit unfair. So. Uh, um, I live in LA and everybody, everybody, most people, I'm sure you guys are well aware that Kevin James is a huge comic book fan and he has all of his like podcasts and stuff on it. And so I, I went to a live taping of his, of, of his podcast. 
uh, it, it was shortly after it had come out. And he watched it twice and he gave his opinion on it. And he was talking about how he was getting ripped to shreds because, you know, like he, he and Ben Affleck, of course, are really, really good friends. And, you know, like Kevin James, just like whatever. And, but even he was like, no, I watched it a second time. The first time, like, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but it, it's so I don't know. I, I, I definitely thought it, it, it moved in a, in a different direction. And honestly, to, I think to be fair, because some of the criticism I had heard about it was, Everybody's like, oh, there's just too much happening uh, in one movie, and there's too many characters, and not enough. And I'm, but I'm like, look, dude, Marvel has had like over a decade of being able to build yeah. these individual stories. So when you saw Avengers, you have all that background. Like, you don't need reintroduction. Like, you have years to build off of. Like, these guys didn't. You know, they're going the other yeah. route. Um, so like at the, for that expense, I was like, dude, I feel for them. Like, what else are you supposed to do besides make this a 12 hour long movie? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Um, so I, I kind of, I, I was, uh, I was not on the bandwagon of like, there was just too much going on. Like, well, I, I think given what you were, what they had to tell, like, and to set up, like, I don't know if there was any other way to do it. Um, Suicide Squad was a little rough. I definitely that one was a little hard for me um, to kind of get it has into. Its flaws. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt it, I, I I don't know it, it felt to me more like a um, <laughs> I, I I don't know it just it's it, it felt like it was a little all over the place and I think mostly because and and maybe the sum we'll talk about later too about how like you know it was mostly like it was less scored more like soundtrack like everybody had like a theme song yeah. and um, you know which is fine but I I think I think it was. Uh, yeah, I, I might need to watch it again, because the truth is I only saw it the first time, so um, maybe I do need to watch it a, a second time. And then Wonder Woman, I just, I thoroughly enjoyed Wonder Woman. I, I thought there was yeah. so yeah. much heart to it. It was a beautifully made film, and, um, you know, it was it was really, really cool. I just, I loved, loved, loved the story. Um, and it was, yeah, Hell it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, so... Do uh, Nate, oh, you were, were, you, were you a fan of the DC comics? Like as as a kid growing up, what was your ha, what is your path? Are you are you happy with the way that the the universe is turning out as you're seeing it unfold? I, I think so. You know, it's it's I I never really grew up reading comics too much. I definitely I was definitely always a Batman fan. Like to me, Batman mm-hmm. is the animated series. Like that's always going to be yeah. Batman to me. Um, and uh, you know, I was a really big. Uh, a really big uh tim burton fan so like i loved the original batman movies if we want to call it you know they were a lot of fun um and um at least the first two i really really liked uh so my like my most the most biggest amount of exposure to dc comics pretty much had been batman and then superman when i saw it with some of my friends so to me this movie was Mm kind of like my first real introduction to superman as late in the game as it is um Mm -hmm. But for, I mean, everything I've seen, I've really enjoyed. And honestly, I've really, the, the films have been great, but the, the, the animated movies are phenomenal. Like I know oh, those yeah. ones are really, really, really well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, They're on a whole different level. Whole like, different level. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, from everything that I've seen, I've been thoroughly enjoyed by the, by the content and the stories and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't been let down, so <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, and did you have a hand in any of the other films like Wonder Woman or 
Donna just Suicide Squad or so, just Man of Steel? Yeah, so Suicide Squad, no. For Batman vs Superman, um, a, a lot of a lot of the score. Well, there's clearly there's definitely a lot of new material because now you're bringing in Junkie XL, who who actually did work on Man of Steel as well, um, mm-hmm. but this time he got a he actually got a co credit, which was which was fantastic and I think really good, and that was intentional for Hans because Hans did not want to. You know, like he's like, I already did Batman. It's time for somebody else to do Batman. Um, so bringing on another composer to to help out with that. Plus, you've got all these new characters and setting up that theme for everybody else. Was you know, there's there was a lot to it. Um, so uh, there there was there was some work that we did on it in my department, but realized that a lot of a lot of the time sequels, um, at, at least when it comes to sampling are a little bit more manageable because you're basing all the material and the music off of pre-existing content. So a lot of the instruments that we had sampled for Man of Steel, you know, were used in Dawn of Justice. Um, so that ground had already been covered. So uh, w- wasn't as involved in this as I was in Man of Steel, um, but um, there's there's definitely some some heavy percussion and other things that are in there that, that were brand new. Um, didn't do anything with Suicide Squad, and uh, I didn't do anything with Wonder Woman, but the composer, um, Rupert, he has a studio at, at Hans's camp, so his building is literally right next to ours, and one of my good friends, John Monroe, was his tech assistant for it, so um, it was definitely, like, in the vicinity, but I we didn't <laughs> have any, like, we had no touch on it. Um, okay. Cool. Um... If you had to recommend, uh, so let's say someone really want to get into Superman, and um, would it be this film, or is there some other story or comic book or something that you're like, no, you ha- this is like this is the Superman that you should go home and like read or whatever. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I, I hate I hate to say it, but only because I'm sure your listeners are probably like, he shouldn't even be on your show. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about comics. But like clearly this this movie, this is this is the Superman that I affiliate with and maybe because of the personal journey, you know, for 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 me, but oh, yeah. I but I you know, I not having grown up like I I had a couple friends that watched Smallville and I've watched a couple episodes that I really enjoyed. Um but getting into the universe itself wasn't ever something that was just kind of that I found myself um, seeking. And then when this project came and we started working on it, I, you know, to be honest, I think if I hadn't even worked on this project, I would feel the same. I just really, really enjoyed this film. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think given my understanding of Superman and who he is, I think Henry did a fantastic job of portraying, you know, both Clark and Cal. And... Um, yeah, so this would absolutely be the one I work more. Yeah, for sure. I think your your idea of Superman is just as valid as anyone else's. You know, yeah, I, I appreciate mean, that. <laughs> so what if some other guy reads Superman constantly? I mean, it's not like, like let's say I spent my whole life reading Superman. Mm-hmm. I yeah. never, but I never, I never worked on anything Superman. Like I could have been reading. Like what am I? Twenty five? Like twenty five years of reading Superman? Well. 24 because you don't read in your first year of life <laughs> like, oh, who, God, come on like who like yeah but you never worked on superman so how would you know or like i mean you worked on a superman film so it's like 
yeah, maybe Batman's like your favorite superhero, and maybe that's like what you know most. But mm-hmm. like, I'd still say it's just as valid. Like, maybe more valid than some people because it's like you actually had a hand in making something that is a Superman story. So yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. You just made me feel yeah, so just, much better about my... I was so nervous coming <laughs> on here. I'm like, man, I don't have any knowledge except for, like, I like these movies, man. They're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, man, you're set in stone. You helped form the character. You helped form what uh, this character is what supposed to be. What this podcast yeah. is about. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what we're supposed to be portraying with this character. Well, I appreciate yeah. you guys allowing me to come on here, and I wish I wish I was with all my coworkers so they could join in on the fun, because uh, this, is, this, is, this has been really cool, and, you know, and, and, and it's... I think one of the best things about working on on films is just how collaborative it truly is. I mean, yeah, it's it's not like it's one person in a room by themselves doing one thing. I mean, you just have you have a team of people that are working together and very particular people. I mean, even down to, you know, um, choosing the musicians you use and the sounds and the sampling. It's not even about the instruments you're sampling. It's about who's playing them. It's that personal. Everything about it is personal. Um, and I think that's been kind of the coolest part about it is just getting in a room together, really creative, brilliant, insane people who are all here serving the purpose of, of, of this project, you know, of this film. It's not about like, how can my themes sound better over this? Well, my instrument did this, or, you know, my edit did this. No, it's, it's so not about you. It's not about one person. It's about the overall life in essence of the movie so that it can be, you know, as rewarding and entertaining to the public and beyond as possible. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us this week. It's been, uh, it's been an incredible week. One it's hell been, of a week. Yeah. It's been great. So absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Rose Drive Podcast before we close out the week? Well, yeah. Thank you for let me talk about it. So, uh, <laughs> when I'm not, uh, crazy at work at the studio i i have a side project that i've been in the process of building for the past god almost year now um and it is a fictional podcast a serialized audio drama called rose drive and um it's i'm, I'm trying my hand at something new because i write music i don't write words i write i mean so much to the point where even in some of my songs i prefer them to be in another language because i'm so self-conscious about my words <laughs> but uh <laughs> i i wrote this story that is just something i've been wanting to tell for a while it's 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 mostly fiction there's some true elements into it but it's based off of my hometown up in the bay area um, i give it a different name though um but it's basically uh in short our 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 lead uh, hero, if you will, returns home after uh, after uh, being far away from his hometown for years. He comes back after a rough year and tries to, you know, basically get a reset and quickly finds out that somebody has returned back to his hometown who disappeared. Um, and this particular person he has... Um, as the kids say, beef with. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's someone who we thought was gone and thought was, you know, disappeared. And, and um, basically the events kind of unfold after um, the uh, their 10-year high school reunion. So um, that kind of brought a lot of people back. And with that brought a lot of trouble back into this quiet little quaint, quaint town. So 
Um, it's basically going to be a series of interviews where our lead is going around and, you know, trying to hunt this person down and he's going through several people to get to him. And um, it's been so much fun. I've, I've, I've been doing all the audio stuff, all the writing, pretty much everything except for the acting. And I have a full cast of actors that are going to be in it. Um, uh, my lead is uh, Aaron Cavett. He was uh, he's in an upcoming episode of Nashville um, It comes out, I think, in a couple of weeks. Um, another person is Max Lloyd Jones. He's actually in the new uh, Planet of the Apes movies. He plays mm-hmm. he plays Blue Eyes. Um, so we and we've got several other people. I've got to work with my sister and some of my best friends. So I basically just wanted to kind of expand on the podcast world of of you know going into more fiction telling and having a full. Um, you know, like immersive experience where you're kind of experiencing a TV series or, or, or film just all in your head. <laughs> yeah. And that way, you know, you guys can, you can, you can create the visuals and, you know, having all kinds of fun, like 3d sound effects and stuff. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going into it. We have, um, we have a Facebook page. So if you just look up Rose drive podcast, You'll find us. We have videos and all the teasers from all of our main characters, so you can kind of get to know them before we launch this summer. Um, so, and all the social media, Twitter, um, Instagram, it's all at Rose Drive, uh, Rose Drive Podcast. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to connect with people beforehand because we are planning on launching this summer. Like I was saying earlier, just trying to get as much po- as much as possible um, complete so that. We don't want to do a thing where you we release one episode and then we're like behind by like four months. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of the nitty gritty of it. And maybe eventually we'll turn it into a YouTube series. We'll see. But uh, it's it's definitely going to be hopefully something that you haven't heard yet in the podcasting community. So check it out. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I think. Uh, damn, I'm, I'm I might actually check that out. It's actually I hope cool. you do. Rose we'll Drive Podcast. On all social media, yeah. definitely check that out, guys. Sounds right up our alley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. You can also find us at TwoOldMedia.com, and we also have a Facebook group, um, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can find us there as well. And um, we also do another Movies by Minute podcast. We do Tarantino Minute. You and I and Mike, we yeah. talk about uh, Reservoir Dogs right now. Mm-hmm. So. If you guys want to check out another podcast with Nate and I, you can definitely check those out. Uh, And yeah, cool. We'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.